Welcome back to The Wise Man's Page, the podcast where we read Patrick Rothfuss's The Wise Man's Fear page by page. This is page 622. Trick it open. Picking locks is not the sort of skill an arcanist should pride himself on. It didn't fit with the reputation I was hoping to build for myself. Will you now? Hespy said, raising an eyebrow at me. You really are a young Taberlin. I thought back to the story Martin had told days before. Of course, I laughed, then shouted, Edro! in my best Taberlin the Great voice, and struck the top of the box with my hand. The lid sprung open. I was surprised, as everyone else, but I hid it better. What had obviously happened is that one of them had actually tripped the lock, but the lid had been stuck. Probably the wood had swollen as it lay for days in the damp. When I'd struck it, it had simply come loose. But they didn't know that. From the looks on their faces, you would think I had just transmuted gold in front of them. Even Tempe raised an eyebrow. Nice trick, Taberlin, Hespy said, as if she weren't sure if I were playing a joke on them. I decided to hold my tongue and slid my set of makeshift lockpicks back into the pocket of my cloak. If I was going to be an arcanist, I might as well be a famous arcanist. Doing my best to radiate an air of solemn power, I lifted the lid and looked inside. The first thing I saw was a thick, folded piece of paper. I pulled it out. What's that? Dayton asked. I held it for all of them to see. It was a careful map of the surrounding area, featuring not only an accurate depiction of the curving highway, but the locations of nearby farms and streams. Crossen, Fenhill, and the Pennysworth Inn were marked and labeled on the western road. What's that? Dayton asked, gesturing with a thick finger to an unlabeled X deep in the forest on the south side of the road. I think it's this camp, Martin said, pointing. Right next to that stream. I nodded. If this is right, we're closer to Crossin than I thought. We could just head southeast from here and save ourselves more than a day's walking. I looked at Martin. Does that seem right to you? Here, let me see. I handed him the map, and he looked it over. It looks like it, he agreed. I didn't think we had come that far south. We'd save at least two dozen miles going that way. That's no small blessing, Hespy said, rubbing her bandaged leg. That is, unless one of you gentlemen would like to carry me. I turned my attention back to the lockbox. It was full of tightly wrapped cloth packages. Lifting one out, I saw the glint of gold. There was a murmur from everyone present. I checked the rest of the end of the page. I'm Jordana. I'm Jeremy. I'm Nick. Interesting that uh, they seem to have been given in a box, a map, and told to put their camp in a certain place. That seems interesting to me, don't you think? I mean, it seems to me like they made a map of where they were or bought a map of where they were and kept it in a safe place so it wouldn't get ruined by the rain. I'm with Nick on this one. Sorry, man. Hmm. It's definitely hinky. Like, 
I don't know that I have a good explanation, but things feel hinky and Quoth and his team don't really question it. But well, they all seem like pretty smart people, so I guess it's probably not hinky. Also, why is the gold wrapped in little packages? To keep it organized? The same way you like, to, when you have like, a, you know, a hundred, hundred dollar bills, you wrap them in an elastic band so they don't go everywhere. You don't, you don't. Yeah, but the bandits, when they took the money from the tax collector, they wrapped it all in little bundles and then they put it nicely yes, in the box. Yes, the same way that when you're. They went to the money changer. Okay, in any movie involving criminals stealing huge amounts of money that you've ever seen, are, is the money ever not neatly, like, organized? Jeremy like, makes a reasonable point here, actually. I mean, in some of them, Okay, yeah. well... When they steal them from banks, sure, it's neatly organized, but when they steal them from, and, like, okay, whatever, it's often just shown And also, in, in, like, a mob movie, when they're, like, counting the money that they've, like, beaten out of somebody, they're putting it in neat little stacks, they wrap an elastic band around it, they often have one of those, like, bill-counting machines for counting large sums of money, making sure you're counting it correctly. Okay, okay, that, Mickey, you got me. Fine, okay, Jeremy. Jeremy. So they, the, the bandits have the little royal counting yeah. machine. And it counts all the royals, and then it puts them into little packages. Yes, okay, I mean, gotcha. in this world, that machine is just a guy. They're just making, like, a guy do that. Probably the bandit leader. I imagine someone with, like, one of those, like, visors, those little green exactly. visors and little glasses. Yeah, they've got they've got a little gold goblin, and he's counting out the gold. Like, whether, whether you're a bandit or you're a mercenary or you're whatever the hell you are, when you have large sums of money, specific, especially especially large sums of money held in coin, you have to keep it organized or it just becomes a mess. Like, come on. This isn't rocket science. Uh-huh. 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 Bandits in the woods. Very important to be organized. As we have already observed, um, these guys are very organized bandits. <laughs> Let's also be suspicious about Quoth opening the box. Now, I know that Quoth does not interrogate the his his obvious conclusion that they one of them had tripped the lock and he just manages to get it open. But uh, what if there was some sort of mojo at work wherein it would only open for Quoth? No. <laughs> no like Correct, Jordana. I mean, I really thought you were going to go for the the slightly more obvious crackpot theory to me. Which I don't believe, because I think Quoth is right that he just, like, loosened it. But what if Edro really does, is, like, the name for opening or, like, box or whatever. And when he hits it and says Edro, it does open because he said Edro. Yeah. I'm glad you said that, Jeremy. I'm glad you agree. I mean, I don't agree. I'm just saying what if. I'm playing Nick's advocate here. Too late. You already said it. I'm just asking the questions. Just asking questions. Yes, much like Glenn Beck, I'm just asking questions. Um, oh, Glenn Beck. How quaint to think of Glenn Beck <laughs> that's, now. That's right. That's right. I'm throwing it back. We're going old school. We're going like 2004 conservative crackpots. I was going to say, I'm just going to nod my head and pretend I know who you're talking about because I've never heard of that person. That's good, Jordana. Protect your sanity. Out. But just think about how benign Glenn Beck was in retrospect. Like how how much like more awful and vitriolic the like Tucker Carlson's mm-hmm. of the world and- are now. Like Glenn Beck is like a pleasant uh, benign little breeze compared to the invective that's coming. Yeah, out and to me. be clear, like Glenn Beck was always like a toxic, paranoid psychopath. He just seems less like that because now we have Alex Jones. Glenn Beck wept on TV while like like connecting di- conspiracy diagrams on a chalkboard and 
weeping and moaning about how America was getting pussyfied. He did that 10 years ago. Glenn Beck walked so that Alex Jones could scream about the frogs turning everybody gay and us turning the frogs gay in a vicious gay frog <laughs> cycle. Yes, when there was only one set of footprints, that was Glenn Beck. <laughs> 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 oh, God. And when the footprints were spaced out, it's because it was a frog hopping. <laughs> A little gay, gay, a little gay frog, frog hopping. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Wait a minute. Uh, oh my god, I just had an idea. No, never mind. It doesn't work. Damn it. <laughs> well, what's your idea, Jordana? Let me. Let, let's well, I was thinking. Idea. Remember how they were saying that there was only the one set of footprints leaving the camp, and that reminded me. <laughs> he that carried I, Cinder. <laughs> no, it reminded me that sand people only walk in single file. Oh <laughs> yeah. Their numbers. Okay, yeah, we're, no, we're, we're 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 bringing it all back around to our podcast's greatest hits. That's right. <laughs> no, that's right. I mean, maybe maybe Cinder bandit- carefully placed his feet inside the the footprints of the escaped uh, uh, bandit. I mean, no, I don't Cinder really think all. that happened. But uh, <laughs> I don't actually think that happened. I was just thinking about it. I have to say, I do just really like the the humor of this sequence and the kind of like the the little mystery of like, why did that box open? And how Quoth just instantly goes, well, I'm going to roll with this because it's good for my image. Uh, just delightful stuff to me. It's very Quoth. It's a very Quoth thing to do to roll with it. Yeah, for his image. yeah. He's he's always he's always doing that. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if like maybe I'm, I, maybe I am being too critical, but like I feel like this maybe doesn't help him as often as he thinks it does or at least like. This it's a little bit Tyrion Lannistery actually. Like now that I'm thinking about it, because Tyrion's sort of like central ethos early on in the Game of Thrones stories is like if someone believes you are a certain way, lean into it because you can protect yourself that way. And that is ultimately, or at least like so far in the books, I haven't finished the show and I'm not going to. But like that actually doesn't serve him well because he ends up like turning into a monster instead of like doing the things that he knows are right because he just wants to do those I, like well, they, I have to what? disagree <laughs> oh, Jeremy like, you are so incurious Ty- no I just like think Tyrion like he gets what he deserves and I mean that in the positive sense of he deserves to kill his dad spoilers for Game of Thrones book three I guess uh, and then he's sad about it but like his ethos has I mean his ethos serves him his ethos of like turning what people think about you that's bad against you does lead to some unfortunate side effects, but I don't think that that means that he's wrong to do it. Okay, look, I strongly think that what Tyrion's story is telling us is that that is a, like, that belief is wrong and it does not serve Tyrion well. I don't want to litigate that in today's episode, but what I do want to litigate is that Quoth has a similar kind of attitude, which is if people believe you are a certain way, uh, and it makes you seem cool, let them. And I wonder if that is perhaps not going to continue to serve him well. Certainly it helps his uh, image, you know, in the short term, but these guys around him right now are already pretty scared of him. And like, while I think so far in the books, it hasn't shaken out that this is a negative. I still kind of think that like, it might end up getting that way, especially because there's a lot of stuff that frame quote is supposed to have done that is bad that we haven't seen happen yet. So I wonder if like quote leaning into those stories is going to get him into trouble. But I mean, I think we've already seen how just in this sequence of the book, him 
kind of running with somebody's first impression of him does actually lead to not great outcomes because now every everyone in this party is scared of him. Uh, and that's not great. You don't want people to be scared of you. Like when you're not trying to scare them, like he has no reason for the, he has no reason to want these people to be scared of him if they would just be able to like trust and respect him instead. Right. And yet he does not seem to be bothered by the fact that they are scared of him. Well, that's neither here nor there, because I think that you can make an argument that like that was an unforced error on Quoth's part. There was a different way to handle that situation in which they would have respected him without being afraid of him. But as Nick is saying, he's so convinced that he has to build up his legend and protect his, his brand, his image of himself, that he's not always thinking of the long-term consequences or the ways that that can, that can play out negatively. Indeed. Well, why don't we leave it at that? Seems like we've neatly wrapped this up and we all agree. There's no doubt. We all agree. <laughs> there is no conflict. There is no war in Bossing Say. And there will be no conflict on tomorrow's page. Of the Win. Win.